There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul on Friday afternoon, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas Boy. And a very, very warm welcome to all of our radio family. Thank you for taking time out on your very busy, I'm sure, Friday to tune in, whether you be on the radio or on your phones or on the internet, whatever it might be. We are so grateful that you make this part of your Friday afternoon listening, part of your routine. And let's see if we can live up to uh, remaining part of what how you want to prepare yourself for the upcoming Shabbos. Let's start today with something quite quite light. We know that uh, the Torah tells us that uh, when uh, before Marcus Pachiris, so it says, Yisrael, that uh, for the Jewish, uh, for the Yidden, not even a dog wet its 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 tongue and 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 uh, and, and barked. They tell a story about the, the Duvna Magid, Yaakov Kanitz, right? and we know that uh, he used to travel around to many of the countries in uh, Eastern Eastern Europe, and he would give drushes that would be found appealing by both great Tamil Chachamim and even the sort of the rank rank and uh, and uh, and file. It's well known that uh, the Vilna Gon had a particular relationship uh, uh, with with him, and in fact, uh, uh, he used to uh, call him um, at the uh, the the Reisha Darshanim. He was like the chief the chief Darshan of uh, of uh, of Kaisal. And he had this tremendous power using using story, using analogies to get very strong and important messages. Across, one time, Rav Yaakov came to a uh, quite a, an advanced, maybe a, a, almost a reform community in one of the cities in in Germany, and uh, he asked permission to uh, to say a drasha in front of the Jews in the town. So the leaders of the community said, "Now we've 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 heard about you." That you have some great, great uh, stories, and yes, we'd love to hear some of your some of your stories. Places you need to know that the people of this community hate any type of a drosha that's going to give musr or that's going to in any way rock their rock their 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 boats, and. Uh, Certainly, if you're going to quote things like psukim and verses, that's going to completely turn them, turn them off. So we'll let you speak on the explicit condition that you don't say any psukim. Just tell us stories, you know, from beginning to end without quoting any, any psukim. So the Magad answered them, says, let me give you a marshal. Says, what can be this? What can this be compared to? There was a cheder rebbe, a rebbe of, of children, 
who once decided to take his students out on a on a hike, and they went into the forest, and as they were getting to the edge of the forest before they went in, so the Rebbe said to his children, I want you to know, if uh, a do- some dogs would come and, and, and threaten to attack you, don't get frightened. Rather, say straight away, the Pasuk, that no no uh, uh, dogs barked, and you'll see that the the dogs will have no control. They'll, they'll lose interest, and they'll and they'll leave you. They'll leave you alone. No sooner had the Rebbe finished his words to his students, and a whole—I'm not sure what the, what the collective is. Of, 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 a uh, of, uh, of posse of, of dogs came running out of the city towards them and, and was running, was running toward them. The Rebbe took one look, turned around and ran away as fast as his legs could carry him. And of course, right behind him were all of his students running as fast as they could run. When they finally reached a, a place of, of safety, so the children asked the Rebbe, Rebbe, how, why did the Rebbe run away? Why didn't you say the Pasuk of Uchol B'nei Yisrael as you instructed us to do? So the Rebbe answered them, children, you're a hundred percent, you're a hundred percent right. But what could I do? The, the dogs wouldn't even let me say the Pasuk. This is 101.9, Chai FM, soul to soul. We're just beginning our show. Take care. Chai FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul, on Friday afternoon here in Johannesburg on Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Boy, Rabbi Moshe Schnurb here, and just with the honor and privilege of presenting the show for all of our esteemed radio family, who Borsham take the time every week to, to, uh, participate in the show. I wish you would give us a little more feedback. We'd love to know how how things are going, what you're enjoying, what you'd like more of, what you'd like less of, what you'd like different of. It would really, really enhance the show if we know how we could serve you even, even better. As we do at this point on the show, always to give you the very, very important times and details you need about this coming Shabbos. So the bad news is that summer is over, and this is the first Shabbos where the time is actually moving back. Shabbos is going to start and end actually earlier, which means, as I would say, winter can't be very far behind. Already, if you notice, if you happen to be an early bird, the mornings are already getting much later. It only gets uh, sunrise, only about something like half past five or something like that. Yeah, we're, we're, we're well on the way, even though it still seems pretty warm out, outside there. So, for this coming Shabbos, the earliest time for getting your candles uh, uh, lit is at about 6.35. You have a couple minutes more than that. You can certainly already light, light from, from, uh, from, from 6.35, 6.38 maybe. 
and uh, and uh, start your Shabbos because you know, especially as I was saying, if we're not going to shul and we're davening at home, then we don't have to wait. We can do it as early as as you can be makam Shabbos, which is right then. Light light the candles, go daven mincha kabbal Shabbos, and and start the meal a bit earlier. It's always nice to have the kids a little bit uh, more awake, a little bit less ratty. Uh, and of course the earlier one eats the more chance there is that they can actually be at the table for the whole, for the whole, uh, 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 meal. Although I guess there might be some parents who would prefer if the kids go to sleep and they can sort of have the meal by themselves. That's obviously every family has to do their own, their own thing. The standard Johannesburg candlelighting time is still quarter past six, which is when many communities would accept Shabbos. The actual latest time for lighting candles this Shabbos is 6.45, quarter to 7. you got to get them up by by then, right? Uh, um, uh, and, uh, you know, make sure that Shabbos is all ready and, and cooking by then. Shkia then is at 7.03. And if you therefore really want to dive in Mayrev uh, at, uh, at night and not after a pre-Krishma, you'll have to wait until 7.21 to begin, to begin, uh, Dominic, Dominic Meirev. Uh, Shabbos day is Shabbos Kurdish Pashas Boy, as I said, and the Haftarah is the normal Haftarah for, for Pashas Boy. Just coming attractions this week. So, Be'ez Hashem on Thursday, Wednesday night, Thursday is going to be Tubishvat. Right? That's already always an indication that the season is, is, uh, is, is changing and whatever minhagim and practices one has on Tishabok, be it a su'uda, be it uh, planting trees, whatever, whatever it might be. That's a, a wonderful, wonderful way to, to indicate our love, our love for Eretz Yisrael, our love for the beautiful creation that Hashem has, has, uh, has, has given us. Uh, Shabbos Koyish ends tomorrow night at 7.37. That's 23 minutes before, before eight, eight o'clock. As I say, it's starting to get early. And once it gets into a rhythm, it will, it will, uh, it will run. So that's, that really is the lowdown on, on this, on this Shabbos. We are still very, very much involved in, in learning the laws of, of Cholamayid. And we're talking about, about doing, doing business, uh, having shops, Open doing commerce on on uh, on Chalmoid, particularly in the situation of a davar of it in in a situation where if one doesn't do it, there's a possible or even a, a, a certain loss in uh, in in, uh, in involved. In other words, let's say uh, you run a shop, but it's uh, not in the uh, Jewish ghetto. It's in a section where there are many non-Jewish. Uh, uh, shoppers, and he's quite worried that if he's going to close the shop for the entire Cholamoid, so all of his customers will find somewhere else because they want to buy. You're not open. They'll go to one of your uh, one of your competitors, and uh, yeah, they might actually be happy there. In in the, they get they might enjoy the service they get from that other from that other shop, and that will cause you a tremendous. Uh, a loss over the, over the long, over the long term, if you have less, if you have less customers. So in that situation, one would be allowed 
to open his shop on uh, on uh, on Cholamayids. Um, if at all possible, it would be better that uh, the employees who are manning the shop during those days should be non-Jewish uh, employees. If, however, it's not possible to employ uh, a non-Jews, so then you should, you can then employ employ uh, Jews, and uh, try to make to make a uh, effort that. The thing you you do what you have to do. Try to avoid doing those activities <coughs> that may potentially be forbidden by the Torah on uh, on Cholmoy. And you'll have to go back a few weeks. We went through uh, which things Chazal uh, uh, allowed and which things not on uh, on on Cholmoy. Uh, if <coughs> sorry. Um, if obviously uh, it's a it's a desperate situation where you have to do malacha, then one would be allowed to be lenient and and do what needed to be done. If, however, one's shop is in a area where most of the uh, clientele is going to be uh, Jews, but unfortunately, maybe Jews who aren't yet keeping all the all the mitzvahs, and he's selling in the shop. Things that would be permissible to sell on Chalmoid because people might need them for the rest of Chalmoid or for Yamtiv. Let's say it's a clothing shop or, or shoes or, or, or jewelry or any kind of household kind of, uh, items or even games or things like that or, or, or books. So in spite of the fact that we already learnt previously that normally you mustn't open those kind of shops where there's a, a again, a, a serious risk and, and a worry for the proprietor of the shop, that if you're not going to open the shop on Anachalamoyed, you're going to lose customers, they're going to go somewhere else, you have fixed customers, and they'll be frustrated by the fact that they can't shop on Anachalamoyed and go elsewhere, and that's going to, again, cause him... A, a large loss of clientele over the long, over the long term. So since at the end of the day, he is selling the type of things that are usable and can be a benefit to people on Chalamoid, he would be allowed to open the shop on, on, uh, on Chalamoid. And he should, if possible, put up a kind of a visible sign that the shop is open uh, in honor of selling things for Cholamoyed, in order that the, uh, the customers should, uh, realize that what, what they, what are they, uh, what they're buying should be things that they need for, for, for Cholamoyed. But if it's a shop where they sell type of things that there's really no need to be used on, on, uh, on Cholamoyed, or the things that require Let's say, uh, as assembly or something like that, or, or, or they need sewing, or, or the type of items that, uh, when you, 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 you actually don't buy anything, you order goods, and you get it at some later date, and you only, you know, uh, get delivery after, after Yom Tov. So, since there's really no purpose in his shop being open on Chalmoyed, he really should close the shop 
on on Cholamayid in order not to set up a situation where customers who shouldn't be shopping there because it's not right to be doing that kind of shopping on Cholamayid will will do will do uh, will do will do uh, shopping. We'll be back in a moment. This is one one point nine Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul, and this is the greatest radio station in all of Africa. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, Salt to Salt on Friday afternoon, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh Pashas, boy, in a beautiful Johannesburg, Erev Shabbos, as we prepare for another beautiful Shabbos. Let's share a short word of Torah together. We have in this week's parsha the ninth, the penultimate makkah, which was the makkah of choishach, of, of darkness. And it says there, by the Egyptians, no one could see his brother, but for all the b'nei Yisrael, there was light in all of their dwellings. So during this makkah's choishach, the plague of, 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 of darkness, the, all the Egyptian people were overwhelmed with, it's an, like an opaque kind of fog-like condition that enveloped the entire country and extinguished all the flames. Therefore, even if an Egyptian could reach his lamp, any flame that he would kindle would immediately be extinguished. Harav Gamliel Rabbeinowitz Shlita says that the words in, in, sorry, in, in their dwellings contains within it the letters which comprise the words in their Shabbosas, which he feels alludes to the notion that the reason the Jewish people were able to withstand the darkness of the whole Egyptian Golas was that they observed the Shabbos Kodesh. In fact, Chazal in Medrash Shemois Yavah tell us that the Jewish people in Egypt took upon themselves to keep Shabbos. Right? In fact, the Pasuk says, Vayar uh, some It says, Moshe Abenu, uh, uh grew up and he saw their burdens. So it says that Moshe Abenu went out to his, to his brothers and saw that they, Pasha, they had no rest. So we know he went to Paro and contended that one who owns a slave and does not give him any, even give him one day of rest, will end up burying his slave. No human being can work non-stop without time off to rest. Power agreed and instructed Moshe to provide the Jewish people with a rest day. Moshe, of course, established Shabbos as the day of rest. Right? And and the spiritual uh, 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 light which was engendered through the medium of, of Shmir Shabbos, of keeping Shabbos, so eradicated 
the darkness of the Golos that and 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 literally and and infused the the lives of the Jewish people uh, 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 then and throughout throughout the, the ages. Now, this is actually this this concept is is alluded to in the Abdullah service, which we recite every Moitzah Shabbos at the end of, of Shabbos. We say, HaMavdil Bein or L'Choyshech. He who makes a distinction between light and darkness. The Pesach implies that immediately following Shabbos, we enter into a, a period of darkness. Shabbos is or weak is darkness. Rav Gamliel explains that the weekdays that follow Shabbos are dark in contrast to, to Shabbos. When, however, one observes Shabbos properly, so he causes the Shabbos to illuminate and, and, and kind of overflow and continue during the entire week. So Shabbos actually continues to be a source of light that radiates through our lives throughout the the all the circumstances that we that we encounter that we that we that we face. Right? So much of of, of Torah has been dedicated to explaining the the depth of of Shabbos Kodesh. Yet unfortunately for for the majority of, of the Jewish people it's still Remains some kind of a, you know, uh, ancient tradition kind of heaped together and, and, and rejected with all the rest of other Jewish tradition and, and Jewish values. And perhaps it's, it's that very depth of Shabbos, which makes it, in fact, so difficult for some people to accept. After all, what's the difference between one day of the week and another? At times, the most profound question can be clarified with a simple answer. And that is, to Hashem, Shabbos has special meaning. And he asked all of us to observe this day by Zohar's Yom HaShabbos Lekacho, by, by sanctifying it. Right? Is that, is that so much to ask? once went to visit his Rebbe, the, the Chofetz Chaim, in, in Raden. Rabbi Chonan related that in the nearby city, a number of, of shopkeepers had decided to keep their shops open on Shabbos. He was able to convince all but two of the owners to close their shops on, on Shabbos. The remaining two were determined to kind of play really, you know, hard to, hard to get and, and refused to, to, uh, to, to, to listen point blank. Uh, they refused his request that they should close. When the Chavitz Chaim heard this, he said, quick, that we're traveling to that city so that I can pay a visit to these two men. Abuchanan did not want to burden his Rebbe, who was already a, an old man, 
right, uh, which made this strip that wasn't so long, but it made into a, a major, major hardship. So he said that, not, you know, that he didn't want to, he wouldn't go. So Chavetz Chaim said, fine, so I'm going to go myself. Obviously, Rabbi Hanan would not allow his Rebbe to travel alone, so he, he went with him. They arrived at the shop of one of the uh, recalcitrant owners. Chavetz Chaim didn't waste any time getting to the point. He says, tell me, my friend, he asked him, do you have money? She says, yeah, I've done well. I'm quite uh, comfortable. Do you have children? Said the Chavetz Chaim Mas. Yes, I have a decent sized family. Is there anything that you're missing? The Chavetz Chaim asked. Says nothing. I'm doing well. I'm good, as we would say. I'm good. I have no, I have no complaints. When the Chavetz Chaim heard this, he began to weep bitterly. And said, Hashem has been so good to you. He's given you everything. He's given you wealth. He's given you children. You're, you're lacking nothing. Yet Hashem makes one request of you. That you give him Shabbos. Is that too much to ask? Why won't you give him the Shabbos? When the man heard such a simple request come from such a, a great, a great uh, person, he couldn't say no. He agreed to closing his shop for Shabbos. The second shopkeeper agreed as well. Right? The most profound questions can sometimes be answered with a very, very simple and sincere response. We'll be back in a moment. This is 11.9. Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul. Hang around. There's so much more good things to come. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 Hi FM. 101.9 Hi FM, soul to soul on Friday afternoon. Eric Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas Boy, welcome back to 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 the show. And let's speak this week because the, at the very end of this week's parsha, we speak in quite detail about the mitzvah of tefillin. A mitzvah that, uh, we perform daily with the exception of Shabbos and, and, uh, and, uh, and Yom Tov. And, and the Torah writes, it should be for you a sign on your hand and for remembrance between your eyes so that Hashem's Torah may be in your mouth. Right? Why? Because with a strong hand, Hashem <coughs> took you out of Mitzrayim. Achazal, learn out from this Pasuk, right? that, uh, uh, that the entire Torah is compared to Tfilin. And let's perhaps try to explain maybe the, the, a bit of the connection between the midst of Tfilin and, and the entire, the entire Torah. Perhaps the beginning of, of the journey would be is to 
introduce the words of the, the Rambam. The Rambam in Hilchas Tfilin, Perek Dalit says, so he discusses at length the Kedusha, the sanctity of the Tfilin, right? And therefore, it, it literally behooves every Jew to study his, his words and review them on a regular basis, especially before we put on our, our, uh, our tefillin. And he says the Kedusha of tefillin is very, very great. And as long as a person is wearing tefillin on his head and arm, he will be humble and God-fearing and will not be drawn to frivolity or, or meaningless chatter. He won't contemplate bad or evil thoughts, but rather he will focus his heart on worthwhile and, and righteous endeavors. Therefore, one should strive to keep them on all day long. And in fact, that's what they used to do in the time of, of the Gemara. That is the proper way to perform the mitzvah. It was said of Rav, who was the Talmud of Rabbeinu HaKadosh, that he was never seen walking Dalai four cubits without Torah or without Tzitzis or without Tzvillin. Now, where did the Rambam get this very, very big Chiddush from? So, perhaps on one level to, to understand the, the Rambam in one way, so we can, if we look in the Shulchan Aruch and we see what the, what the Shulchan Aruch writes in Arachayim Chaf, Chafei, he writes, says when a person puts on the tefillin, one should focus on the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded us to place these four parshas of the Torah that discuss the uniqueness of Hashem's name and Yitzias Mitzrayim on the arm opposite the heart and on the head opposite the brain so that we will remember the miracles and wonders that Hashem performed on our behalf. Right? They demonstrate Hashem's oneness and the fact that Hashem possesses the power and control, right? In the, in the upper realms and in the lower realms to do with them as He pleases. Furthermore, he carries on, we should subjugate to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the neshama in our brain, and also the heart, which is the main source of all our desires and our thoughts. Thus, one will have HaKadosh Baruch Hu in mind and will minimize his uh, earthly, earthly pleasures. That's the comment of the, of, of the, Beis Yosef in, in, in the Shulchan Aruch. So, if, if that's the context, so the Ramban's statement is understood very, very clearly. 
when a Jewish man fulfills the mitzvah of putting on tefillin on his arm and his head with this amazing proper kavana, right, to completely subjugate all of his desires and all of his thoughts with his neshama and all of his senses and power to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So then he sanctifies his entire body, all 248 limbs and 365 uh, sinews. Now, to just go a little bit, a little bit further with this, to understand, to, to expand maybe our understanding of this mitzvah. So let's look at a, uh, a, a Gemara. Gemara in, in Menachas, stuff, Lamed Hay, which is related to a posuk in Pashas Kisav, where the posuk says, Says when all the people will see, of the peoples, the whole world will see that the name of Hashem is proclaimed upon you, they will, they will fear, they will fear you. And the Gemara says, was taught in a brisa. Rabbi Lezah Godol says, this is referring to the tefillin worn on the head. The the Balaturim, there in, in the Pasuk, in, in Devarim, writes that the tefillin sharosh are hinted to by the words of the Pasuk, Shem Hashem Nikra, where those three words, you take the first three letters, the Shin of Shem, the Yud of Hashem's name, and Nikra, you get the letter Shin, which is referring to the Shin of the Tvilin Sharash. Right? Er, and even earlier than that, Rabbein Abachya wrote that the letter Shin is imprinted here as Halacha says, this is Halacha Lemoshim Sinai, that there has to be a Shin on the Tefillin Shoros, right? So it's as if the Pasuk is saying, right, then the whole world is going to see that the Shin, Shem Hashem Nikra, when they see that the Shin is on your head, then they will, they will, uh, they will fear, they will fear, they will fear you. Right? So therefore, now we have to try a little bit to understand, to think about several questions raised by the Mephoshim. Number one, what is so special about the Tefillin Shorosh? What, like, why does it, why does it instill fear in the hearts of, of the whole, of the whole world? Right? Why more than the Tefillin Shayat? Why more than anything else? Two, why are the nations of the world in awe of that letter Shin, which is embossed on, on the Tefillin Shorosh? Now, as, as regards that second question, so Rashi there in the Gemara says that's because the Tefillin Shorosh contains the most of the, the, uh, name of Hashem, 
because you have the shin on the top of the bias, and you have the dalit and and the yud, which is uh, a most, which is that name of 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 Hashem, and therefore that inspires that inspires fears. Well, what Rashi means is, so there's another Gemara, Gemara, a well-known Gemara in in Shabbos, where Abaya says. The shin of the tefillin, we know, is halach l'mashem Sinai. It was uh, something that Moshe Rabbeinu heard straight from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And Abaya says the dalid of the tefillin is halach l'mashem Sinai. And Abaya says also that the yud of the tefillin, all three, comes straight from Hakadosh Baruch Hu to, to Moshe Rabbeinu. In other words, the halacha to Moshe. From Sinai dictated to us that the whole exterior surface of the tun, Shorosh, both on the right side and the left side, should be go you know, uh, imprinted to form this shin. The straps of the tun, Shorosh, are knotted in back, which forms the Dalit, and the strap of the tun, Shalyad, Right is is knotted in the form of the letter Yud, and together they spell the name Shin Dalit Dalit Yud. So therefore, what Rashi says makes sense, right? Since two out of the three letters of the name Shin Dalit Yud are on the Tefillin Shel Roish, so therefore the majority of the name is found on on the Tefillin Shel Roish, and that is what inspires the fear and awe in the hearts of, of all the other other nations of the world. The reality is that that's not exactly what the Pasuk says. The Pasuk says all the people of the earth will see that the name Yudke Vavke is proclaimed upon you and they will fear you. So it's not actually the shame Shindalid Yud. It's the shame Yudke Vavke. That causes the fear. So according to that pasuk, right? It's 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 not just the shin dalid yud that creates the, the 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 fear. So again, we have to match up what Rashi says with the actual pasuk, which seems to be saying something different. Secondly, we need to understand uh, uh, a Tesis writes over there. Uh, he quotes. The, the Yilchas, uh, uh, Tfilin, which is, uh, uh, known as Shimusha Rabba, which kind of coincides with the ruling of the Alacha in, in the Shulchan Aruch, in Simon Laman Beis, and that is that the Shin of the Tfilin is, again, as we said, Alacha Lamosha Misenai, one should make in the, in the actual leather, of the bias of the housing of the Sharosh, a sort of shin that protrudes from the actual creases of the leather, one on the right side and one on the left. And we're going to try to explain the requirement to what is this concept of putting this shin on both sides of the, of the, of the tzvah. So what is the shame? Shindalidut. 
So we need to kind of, we've spoken about it before. There's an accepted Jewish minig, right, that we put on the outside of a mezuzah, the name Shindalid Yud. And again, the source for that minig is also found in the, in the Rambam. Right? It's a, it's a in minig to write Shindalid Yud on the outside of a mezuzah opposite the empty space left between the two pashas. There's Shema Vayimashma, there's a space in between. That's where we write the Shindalijuds. And the two write something very, very, uh, a similar quoting, quoting his, uh, his father, the Rosh. According to the base Yosef, the source for this is a, uh, a Zayar. Nazareth says, well, just trying to tread loosely, when the forces of evil approach the doorway of a man's home, so they get ready and they look upon, right, the, the name that appears on the outside, namely the name Shindal Yud that controls all of them. They're afraid of it and they flee and they don't come closer to the man's to the man's house. So, actually, the 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 Ramah writes about this custom uh, that it's customary to write this name in preference, right? This name rather than other names, because this name is an acronym for Shemer Diras Yisrael, right? He guard the guardian of the Jewish of the Jewish home. The Arizal, it's slightly different. He says, Shemer Dalsais Yisrael, guarding of the doors of, of Klai Yisrael. So, in fact, the, 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 uh, the Zaya, the Zaya says that there's a, a certain shade, a certain demon that hangs out near a person's home, right? And it has permission, Chasushom, to do harm. It stands on the left side of the doorway when a person looks up and sees the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu on the right side of the doorway and says it, that demon is unable to cause him any kind of, kind of, any kind of, kind of harm. Right? And, uh, the, the Chida brings, brings down that, uh, this Really is the, uh, is, is referring to this name Shindalajud that's in the, in the Tzvim. So if that's so, so now we can perhaps understand Rashi's comment that the nations of the world fear the Tzvim Sharosh because the majority of the name Shindalajud appears on it because now we have this fundamental kind of principle that, uh, as far as the Torah is concerned, a majority of something possesses the, the status of the whole thing. So therefore, when all the 70 nations of the world, who, right, who are obviously under the, under the control of the 70 malachim who are appointed for each one, when they see the name Shindal Yud, Associated with the Twilin Sharosh, 
right? So that wards off all the forces of of tuma, so they they're stuck with fear and 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 run run away, right? And since we always put on the tefillin shayad before the tefillin shorosh, by the time we put on the shorosh, now we actually have the whole name on us, and that that sends them running away in a in a uh, in a huge in a huge frenzy. And we know, of course, that the uh, the the tefillin shayad and tefillin shorosh. Uh, uh, help us to ward off the two greatest Yetzirahs, the two greatest, uh, 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 desires that, that human beings, human beings have. One is related to Avadazara and one is related to, to sexual, uh, immorality. And they are the ones really that are responsible for all all sins, and you know, all people that go off, and and even the intellectual kind of aberrations, all stem from the Yetzara of Avodah Zara, right? Which is, uh, 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 you know, basically a denial of Akadosh Baruch Hu, and all aberrations in matters of of physical desires and lusts for the pursuit of Olam that come from the Yetzer, from the Yetzer of, of, uh, of Arayas. And the, the, the Tfil and Shalyat and the Tfil and Sharosh have the power with that Shindalid Yud to, to protect us. And that's what the Rambam is, is, is talking about. They, they protect us from all these terrible, terrible type of, of events. And that's why it's so essential. And that's why a person who doesn't wear film. It's called the Paisha Yisrael. It's called a, a very, very serious sinner because he's lacking that protection. Without that protection, God forbid, who knows how far he can fall and, and what he could, what he could, uh, descend, descend to. And therefore, that's why it's so important. And that's why when the nations see us, they, they run away and, 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 and the Yitzhara run, runs away. And it's, it's the real way that through Wearing the film on our heads and on our arms, we completely subjugate ourselves, our desires, that's the heart, and our thought processes to, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we're not going to allow ourselves to just do what our heart desires. And we're not going to allow ourselves to do just, to think all kinds of strange foreign thoughts. It helps us to focus, it helps us to stay completely, completely rooted and connected to, to, to Akadosh Baruch Hu. And, and that's, that's, that's the point of the film. That's why it's such a sacred and, and holy mitzvah, which, uh, we do every single day. We don't have to do it on Shabbos and Yantav because there are other ways of achieving that closeness in the Kedusha of Shabbos and Yantav. But that's why it's so important. Every day, if a Jew wants to be able to win the battle with the Yetzirah, and, 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 you know, rest control over, over all of his faculties from the Yetzirah. The film is a huge, is a huge help in that, in that direction. This is 11.9 Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul and we'll be back in a moment. Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb only on 101.9 Chai FM.
101.9 FM, Soul to Soul, here on your radio on Friday afternoon, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas, boy, so wonderful to be in your company for a few more uh, uh, minutes as we go scurrying around getting all those last things done before another beautiful Shabbos. Ah, how wonderful it is to have a Shabbos where we can take time off and rest from the arduous work and efforts of the of, of the weekend and make it a really, really beautiful time for ourselves and our, and our family. We are so glad, how fortunate the Jewish nation is to, to have the privilege of spending a Shabbos, of enriching our lives by, by connecting and reconnecting to the Rabbani Shalom on, on, on Shabbos. We're finishing off the concept of shops on, on Cholomites. Let's say you own a shop in a place where during the course of Cholomites, large amounts of Jews are likely to gather. I don't know, you open, a, you run a, a, a kiosk at the, at Gold Reef City or if you are lucky enough to live in Eretz Yisrael and you're in uh, Yerushalayim or, 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 you know, at, at one of the very busy uh, grave sites where quite a large number of people come on uh, on 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 Cholamoid, right or or you know uh, there's some special whatever it might be you you're likely to have large crowds around where your shop is so you'd even be allowed to like put up a a stand to sell things that people need to do the mitzvahs of of the uh of of the yom tov for instance let's say uh uh, you could sell uh, a svarim. People always like to buy svarim, or I don't know, uh, uh, Jewish music. Things that people would enjoy, that people would, would enhance people's uh, yamtiv. That you'd be allowed to to sell because that certainly is a kind of a tzarech mitzvah. It adds it adds a uh, 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 joy to your to your yamtiv, and and it it can even be considered as a davra of it because. There's no way you're going to have another opportunity to to reach such a large uh, uh, amount of uh, of people at one at one uh, at one time. Now, the truth is, since as far as the Allah is concerned, uh, although one would be allowed to sell these things, one should not really sell them openly. They should be sold a bit sin a little bit more discreetly. Uh, however. At the same time, in order not to lose the the opportunity to to sell them to such a large a large crowd, you would be in this situation allowed to sell them quite quite uh, quite openly, and and really, uh, one should actually display above his uh, his stand a a sign that what we're selling is is really to enhance people's enjoyment and joy of. Of, uh, of, of Yontif. Um, where, let's say, there are in, in the non-Jewish shops, there are sales going on and, and opportunity to save 20, 30 percent on, on certain, on certain, uh, items. And, and these are things that a, 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 a Jew would, would buy for his own personal use or even if he's in the same business, and this is an opportunity to buy wholesale at a price he wouldn't normally be able to buy it, and therefore he could buy it at that price and then 
resell it and make profit from that. So if it's a sale that is only available on Cholmoyed, you couldn't have bought such items before Yom Tov. And if he's going to miss the opportunity and wait till after Yontiv, so the prices are going to go up significantly and you won't be able to get those kind of specials again. So then you'd be allowed to buy them on, on Chalmoyed and that would fall into the category of being a Dover, a Dover of it. If, however, let's say, uh, Jewish proprietors are, are, are having a sale and selling very, very cheaply on, uh, on, on So then, it depends. If they're allowed to be selling what they're selling, in other words, these are items that are usable and necessary for Yom Tov, then you'd be allowed to go and buy, and buy, uh, uh, from, from them. And as we said, when are they allowed? Right? Only when they have a real, genuine uh, 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 circumstances under which they are allowed to be selling on, uh, on, on Cholmite, right? Let's say, uh, 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 they, they are financially very, very strapped and if they don't sell some goods, they're going to have to go into, uh, into, uh, into a bank and whatever they don't manage to sell now, they're not going to be able to sell afterwards or something or something like that. But if they don't really have a halakhically based rationale to be able to have this sale on on uh, on Chalmoyed. It's not really going to be a a davar ha'avod. Then you really should not buy from them on uh, on Chalmoyed. As we've been discussing uh, before, you are not allowed to purchase on on Chalmoyed uh, 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 in in a shop where the owners and proprietors are Jews if they don't have license to be selling on Cholomite. That really is all the time we have this week. So just a very, very quick shout out to all those who are listening to us and to wish each and every one of you a beautiful, warm Shabbos of Shabbos of Menucha, Shabbos of Oineg, a Shabbos of Achdus, of, of Unity, and a Shabbos, please, Davin, on behalf of all those who need Tfilis, those who are ill, those who need Yeshuas and Nechamas and, and Rafuas, and please God, Hashem should hear all of our Tfilis and bring Rafuas Lehem Lechol Takhluya B'Am Yisrael to all our, all our sick, our sick people and bring us all very, very quickly, upright and happy back to Eretz Yisrael with the coming of Mashiach. Uh, to each and every one of you, a good Shabbos. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.